welcome to another gorgeous episode of the Momas and the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe's folklore episode by episode. We're your hosts, Eric Lefebri, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero. Oh, we're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender. We're still on book one, water. We have made it to chapter 15, Bato of the Water Tribe. In this chapter, Katara and Sokka get a needed taste of home, but that taste is a bit bitter in Aang's mouth. So we are encountering a bit of a twist, a bit of a twist in the fact that we're starting to see Aang in his lowest form in a very shitty, very gross choice he makes to hide the map, to hide... Uh, their father, essentially, from uh, Katara and Sokka. Just how are we he feeling? Feels left out, like I how didn't, shitty. I didn't yeah. think of it until you mentioned just now. Like he has had a shitty run in the last few episodes. Like first, he like in the storm, he has to talk about all of his guilt and feeling like it's his fault that all of his people were wiped out. Yeah. Um, he gets kidnapped and like, and that is dangerous and then has a yeah. very confusing interaction. Uh, and now he's, he, he just like gives into his basest nature. Yeah. And it's like, I under, like to some degree, given the history and what we've just seen from him in the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. I get the feeling of like fragility and the feeling of like being left behind, like everything is left and he feels isolated, like Mm -hmm. feeling othered, feeling left out. I get it. But also, ew, like what a nasty little thing. Like, yeah, I'm like, just do you don't trust these people who you've talked about so lovingly and so intently about like how they're your family and you love them and they're like we're in this together and it's like they get the chance to meet their father who they or see their father again after years who they haven't seen forever and you don't trust that they'd be willing to have a conversation with you about how to move forward like you just assume they would run away and it's i know that that base instinct of of feeling like you could get left behind is like such a real thing but dang and even Dang. when they're like just talking with Bato, right? They're mm-hmm. like sitting there. They're like, oh my gosh, it's just like home. And they're so excited. And like Aang for the first time, it's not about him. And, yes. you know, because everywhere that they've gone, it's like, oh, the Avatar. Oh, the Avatar. Oh, here, check this out. And like they've gone and done like everything that he wants to do. But like this is one mm. thing for Sokka and Katara. And, you know, like they're clearly like so stoked. And there's like this story I forget what it was but there's this story and uh, he's like oh wait what happened like oh no it's too long of a story to tell like you know and then he goes like picks up the headdress and and they're like oh no that's ceremonial don't even fucking do that and he's like okay but like he can't handle not being the center of attention and he can't handle like it's just so messy so even before like he like you know gets the map and decides to crumple it up and not show anybody like he's already kind of like exuding that where he's like sitting there and listening to them and before he they can even like make a choice as to whether or not they're going to wait around for their dad or anything or even address him and like talk to him about it he just like others himself and Mm. moves on you know what i mean he's like i don't trust these people they want their dad and Like, I feel like part of that is probably some of the sadness that he feels with, you know, having lost, like, his whole family and his Mm -hmm. whole, you know, the whole water or the whole air tribe. But, like, because in that moment, maybe he's thinking that, like, he would probably leave, you know, he would probably go see them if, like, that was his only chance, you know? Like, I feel like he's doing a little bit of projecting there. Um, And I think that that's, like, that's just so unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it also exposes that there was a part of him who that thought like, well, they can't leave me. Literally, I have the flying bison. But here is a legitimate thing that could take them away. And I think that he was 
um, taken by surprise at that he cared about it because he probably didn't even think about it before. It was just like, well, yeah, where are they going to go? <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like we're far, far from their home. It's like we agreed to do this, um, and so I guess I think it took him by surprise, and I'm willing to give him that benefit of the doubt that it was just a bad reaction. Yeah, that he just kind of got stuck in for a while. Yeah, because it did seem like a very heat of the moment, visceral, uh, like emotional reaction like when he sees the map and then just immediately crumples it it seems like so thoughtless and so instinctive based on the circumstance um because it really like even later i do think it's a good episode like just generally because it is a really good lesson to see this character who is thought to be perfect and whatever we've seen him kind of falter a little bit but like for the most part he's he's kind of he's like the leader he's the smart one whatever well, ish guitars, obviously, but this is the first time we're seeing him do something actually semi-villainous, which is so strange. And the rest of the episode, for the most part, too, especially after he's like covering his tracks, he's ashamed. Like he sees yeah. the thing, he's like, "Oh my god, I can't show them." And fuck, oh litter, oh god, I got caught. No, you're littering. Oh yeah, for sure. And then even later, they're like, "Yeah, we trust you completely." He's like, "You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't trust me because I'm a bad person. (laughs) Please don't say that." (laughs) And I think you you got that really right when you said, "Like, I mean, Aang. That's like so indicative of his character. Is he acts before he thinks about it, right? Like, how many times has he gotten them all into trouble, or you know, like even the entire reason that he's in this spot to begin with was because before thinking about anything or talking to Gyatso or anything, he just ran away. And what did that do? Fucked everything up. Yeah. <laughs> Real bad, right? So yeah. um, so I think that's part of why he's so afraid of them having this chance is because he knows what he would do. Like, cause, like his first thought would be, holy shit, Gyatso is alive. Peace out. And then yeah. like, on the way, he'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have left my friends. Yeah. Hold on. And then he would turn around. And I think he even does like that uh, a couple times in yeah. uh, in this you yeah. know world. But it's um, he's just had a rough couple of episodes. And the next one yeah. is not going to be any easier. No, no it's really. It's really in a real bad way right now. Yeah. He really is. It's this is a rough couplet of. Of Aang really just and tripping and tripping and tripping yeah. <laughs> over and over. And what's worse is, is like they're all like spiritual blows. Like he could take yeah. all any anything else, but they're all spiritual blows. And we know yeah. just like the character of Aang cares so deeply about his spirit, cares so deeply about it conforming to his ideals that it's really painful when he doesn't live up to that and but like these are important lessons um speaking of important lessons i really 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 like bato um and in this watch of it it made me realize like he's a really talented teacher like oh yeah like his teaching style like you know he he tells them what they need to focus on but he lets them figure it figure it out himself he offers up his self to be vulnerable in front of them to help them understand their friend and where he was coming from and i'm just like damn vato those are master teacher moves and it's always it's always from this place of humility and kindness and empathy it's it's never like a i'm more powerful than you and i know more than you it's always from a no. place of like story and family and confidence and and like care it's so like the whole just even that moment like just the line where they're talking about like oh yeah he couldn't go uh what is it ice dodging because he wasn't of age mm-hmm. um when his dad left and he's like well hey we're all here now yeah let's try it mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's like this is our tradition yeah mm-hmm. it's like nothing changes about this it doesn't matter that that i'm not necessarily your father or that you're older now it's mm-hmm. it is still tradition and we can still do it let's do it and like it's, you know yeah. Sokka 
we we see so many moments in this um in this episode where he's so young and just wants to be with his dad and the other men and like helping mm-hmm. um and it's so it like made me tear up just like seeing him with his face paint on going like to his dad and being like i'm ready here i am and i'm just oh, like gosh. oh and my what God. was what was the line um i think that this was such a gorgeous conversation on like expected masculinity or like yes what like what was the line it was like uh being a man means knowing when to step back or something yeah knowing when to wait like i forget what the line was it it was something it it was something like that no it was um it was definitely like being a man is knowing when um like where where you're needed or something like that um, oh, where you're needed most. Okay, now there. where you're needed most. Okay, we got there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. being a man is knowing where you're needed the most, and for you right now. Wait, what is the? Okay, hold on. I found it. I found it. Um. Uh. Yeah, being a man is knowing where you're needed the most, and for you right now, that's here protecting your sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. I just as a as a line, like it's just what a what a wonderful piece of intellect and like true true knowledge that would like help anybody yeah and being so kind to him too and like you know recognizing Sokka's deep deep um pain in that moment and just Mm -hmm. hugging him while he cries and just saying like hey you got this you know Mm -hmm. and then when Batu's or Bato sees him he's like cool I know that I'm not your father and I can't replace Mm -hmm. that but I'm here to let's help you let's do this rite of passage let's do that because we because he also like you can he knows that they're traveling with the avatar right he knows that they're you know that they're going to be going Mm -hmm. on and stuff and for this closure in Sokka's life for him to be able Mm -hmm. to really see himself as a man he has to go through this and so to recognize that and be like cool you can do this I got you and like also to validate their feelings um and say like you know being apart from your family was more is more painful than like the wounds that I had or you know whatever Mm. that line is just yeah um recognizing that and and seeing that you know and not being like trivial about that like yeah you're right just like a point of like male intelligence and Mm -hmm. male strength Mm mm-hmm I do also really love what this episode shows about their culture because like if you see like how Bato reacts to them he doesn't act like oh hey here's some little kids I need to tell them what to do I need to do this I need to do that no he was like oh it's nice seeing um, my friends and they're younger and I understand my responsibility to them but at the same time I also recognize their agency Mm -hmm. Uh, because like he didn't argue when they said like actually we're on this mission we need to be here with Aang Um, when they said the right thing that Aang just happened to miss (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I and you can tell he respects that and I also was just thinking about how he like very naturally just offered to do this rite of passage I I see it as like him as the adult understanding like oh they're on this important journey. And this is one thing that we do in our culture to help prepare children for um, these important roles that they have to play. Um, And so like, you know, yes, it would have meant a whole lot if it was his dad, but I like just like the surrogate of Bato. I feel like it says something really deep about their culture Mm -hmm. about just like, you know, all, all people in the village are my family. And so it is just as appropriate for him to do this with me. Um, And it's appropriate because this is what I really need in this moment. Um, I love that like, you know, Katara had like the bravery position, which is the perfect, (laughs) perfect thing for Katara. Mm Because like, she's fucking brave. She's the bravest of all of them. Uh, And so again, I feel like, um, you know, it, it wasn't just about his manhood. It, this is just a rite of passage for young people. And like the roles aren't specifically gendered, um, but they have to do with who you truly are and who you and what you bring. Um, yeah. I also thought it was super cool seeing like one, just 
the genius of Sokka saying like, no, we can fucking get over those rocks. Like I got a, I got a yeah. waterbender and a half with me. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like the fact that he knew his assets right away. Um, Katara had really done a big wave thing before, but he knew that she could do it. So he told her to do it and she did it. Um, it, it was fantastic. And that's yeah. like one of the first times that we really get to see him like at like foreshadowing into what he yes. will become as like, you know, this like incredible strategist. And, you know, like I feel like this episode was just so good for him. Like we start off with him mm. just being incredibly smart, like figuring yeah. out how to read this battlefield, even though it's been months or years or yeah. how long he's still able to like sit there and read this and then mm-hmm. boom he was exactly right you know and then yeah in in that moment under pressure he did he wasn't like well Katara's never done this before she can't do that he's like no. boom we got this this is how we're gonna do this oh we're gonna crash nope I got you and like yeah. his confidence in that moment like is what what like everybody's right. like yeah I can absolutely yeah. do that we can absolutely For do this Sokka. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Especially for a character who's yet to have his time in the sun yeah. as the sort of slappy sort of trip over his own shoelaces, <laughs> no, so, not untalented sidekick, essentially. I laugh mm. every time that there's like a little dig at him where they're like, uh, oh, and you just sitting there. And then he's like, hey, like he has that yeah. like <laughs> line that he well, says this... almost every and he's like, hey, what do you mean? But like I giggle every single time because he's so underestimated. Yeah. Well, I also like this as like a dichotomous juxtaposition for the way that Aang is treated. Mm. Like going mm. back to what we were saying about the way he's ignored, Sokka is arguably that character in every single episode and for the yeah. first time. Like how many times have they cut off Sokka from telling a story or saying a yeah. joke or like just kind of existing? How yeah. many times have they just been like, you're kind of useless, let the air quotes grown-ups deal with it. Like yeah. thanks, but no thanks. And it's happening to Aang and like even even a wince of it because it's also... It can't handle it he is so so accustomed so accustomed to the limelight to attention to adoration mm-hmm. to love to expected expected like triumphant praise to access and sudden, to, to everything to, yeah to everything yes. and suddenly he can't have that in the same way that Sokka can and Sokka who is seen as that forgettable character is suddenly yeah. like the leader is suddenly uh, this autonomous sort of like character who has agency and strength and confidence. And it's like stuff that we haven't really seen from him before. And Aang's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Let him be an asshole. <laughs> I'm going to panic. <laughs> and I mean, like, are, like that's a really good point. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Cause like while yeah. they're in, um, while they're in um, uh, Bato's home, right? Yeah. Like, you know, he's like, oh, well, it's a long story. You don't need to know it. And he's like, wait, wait, what? And then he goes to put on like, you know, like every other, I feel like every other time we've seen him, like people have just kind of humored Aang and like, oh yeah, Yeah. cool. I mean, whatever. And when he's told not to to take that headdress off, they're like, he's like, Oh, 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 oh. And, but he's given access to any sort of information he wants and any sort of like, um, like, even if it's not meant for him, like, nobody tells him no. So, in the, but like, to be told no very casually and very just like, yeah, no, this is not for you. Do not do that was like such a shock to him because it wasn't even like a grandiose, like, oh my God, no, don't do that avatar. It was just like, yeah, no, put that down. Like, no yeah. thanks. Like, even that was like, a consequence. Delicate. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's not because we don't, like, I don't, we, it's the fact that, like, they don't care about his privilege of Avatar mm. and they don't give a shit about his, like, the lore of the airbenders mm. or that he may be one of the last and it's been, like, yeah. a part of this whole, uh, this whole history. Could not give less of a shit about that. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm the famous. Wow. I'm the famous. I'm the famous pretty boy. What do you mean? And so it's just, it's a really interesting, like, I don't know. I it's it's one of like like the myriad of episodes in this series that mm. are so uh well written and so interesting in the way that they throw these characters into situations where they feel uncomfortable and they have to really assess and establish their ethics and what it means to lead and what it means to feel and love and mm. all of that stuff. This is such a good episode for him. Yes. And like yeah. the 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 way they set up that moment when it's like, oh, you're the courageous and you are the trusted. I'm like, 
Mm, that's yeah, so like, funny. Yeah. So no, yeah. you can't trust me. Yeah. It's just so, so well done. And I mean, fuck, like, it was so real when Sokka's like, oh, yeah, fuck you. We're out of here. And then Katara was <laughs> the same, and the guitar was the like, same yeah, way. It was it. just Bye. like, sorry. I, we, like, like, this, this is, really this is almost an, yeah. It seems arguably almost like an irredeemable thing. Like, especially knowing how much that their family means to them and how much yeah. they've done for Aang. For him to do this seems almost like insurmountably bad. Yeah. Uh, which, and here's my one of my only issues with it. I know that they come to save the day and I really want to get into that whole other side plot in a sec. Mm. But like at the end, after everything's said and done, Aang and Katara have a fun little aside where he got the necklace back and um, she's like, oh, I wonder if you're going to see Zuko again. Can you thank our best friend Zuko? Um, give him a big old kiss for me. And it's like he kisses her on the cheek and it's like fun and they're back to it. I mean, I was she a kisses like, him on the cheek. Yeah, yeah. she kisses him yeah. on the cheek. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like, are we really just going to let him like a hundred percent? Like he did this. Re- like, I don't want to keep harping. And I love that pe- there's forgiveness and there's love and there's all of this stuff. And I love that. But I'm like, he did a really bad thing today. That like, needed to sit like that needed. <laughs> yeah. If I wrote yeah. Avatar or if like I did a remake of this, yeah. uh, that's one of the things that I would change where this tension would last until we got to the Northern Modern Tribe. Like literally like at like, least even if it's like resolved the very next episode, like I feel there's like still sitting, some prickliness because there was so much weight in that. And then at the end, you're right. It's just like, oh, well, it didn't happen. Also, you're rewarded. Thank Thank you. Here's yeah. a kiss on the cheek. He did not fucking deserve that. No, he only got really... that because he like. If there wasn't a battle, if Zuko didn't show up, like they would have gone their separate ways. No, like, they would have 100. And I do think there should have just been a, like maybe a moment where Aang maybe tries to do something humorous the way he does because he's charming, charismatic, and tries to throw in a little aside of like, ha ha ha, wasn't that wild? And just met with silence. And I feel like they, she like does some... that later on in the series, right? Mm. Where like yeah. Aang tries something and she's like, no, absolutely yeah. not. I'm not ready for that. Thanks. But yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I think I think that would have been better here. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I love again, it's a really intense episode, but like I cannot get over how harmful that choice was. Despite yeah. the vulnerability where it comes from, like I like in personally, if a friend like somebody I really trusted did something like that to me. That's like, that's like world endingly bad. That's like, yeah, we're never, we're not, we're never going to be friends again. Are you serious? <laughs> like, what is, what is that? We're never going to do that. Like, never. why would I ever trust you again? Especially like at the end of the same day, like end of that day where they found out it's like eight hours later and they're like, ha 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 joking. And I'm like, I know that we can bond through trauma and through like big, bad stuff and that fight was like kind of scary and traumatic but i don't know maybe we're just we should revisit this whoa we should revisit this Mm -hmm. yeah well speaking of subplot wait do do you have something else to say about this oh no i'm i didn't oh i was gonna say speaking of other plot we're introduced to june for the first time yeah we love june and nyla nyla yes the sheer shoe. Iconic. The sheer shoe. Yes. Yes. Um, and so this whole subplot with uh, Zuko and Iroh going to find uh, June and her sheer shoe, Nyla, to go track down uh, the kids. Really lovely and cool because June is just a yes. badass. Just she like, is the most badass. She's, she's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. She's like this agent of freelance chaos. Like, yeah. whatever, whoever, whoever the fuck is paying yeah. me, I do not care. There's a real, Let's like, Tina scene. Yes. Like, yeah. this is this is where the mercenaries and the people for hire hang out and gamble and drink. Yeah. And it was just wonderful. 
Well, also just the, the she's like so... arm wrestling. She's like, yes. what? Oh, okay. It's, and I know like, it's ugh. Zuko is trying to be like, and especially next to uh, Zuko, mm. she looks even even more badass because Zuko is trying mm. to be like, well, you're gonna do this for me, and that'll pay for the repairs on my ship. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, she's whatever. Like... And Iroh's like, oh, it's okay. We'll pay you your weight in gold. And she's like, you mean your weight? You're gonna pay yeah. me your weight. Your weight, and I'm in. And yeah. like, I was like, yeah. And yeah, I know it's so it's so, cool. so full of like expected tropes, like them walking in and somebody flying out the window. I'm like, ha, I love it. It's so <laughs> on the nose, but like, yes, give it to me. You go in, there's bottles breaking, there's a couple fights, and she's at the center of it, arm wrestling, and they're like, yeah, go, she's so tough. And I'm like, I know that I've seen this a million times, and I do not care. I love Still it. Perfect. And then she wins and she's like, drinks for like they're like, oh, you have money now. She's like, no, I don't. Drinks for everybody. See, I'm broke. And you're like, yes. <laughs> I love this. Like, she's so she's Ooh, so I cool. Fuck. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I and also just Nyla as a as a as a new sort of animal character in this universe. Like mole like so um olfactory ooh what a word um <laughs> it does feel good yeah olfactory olfactory oh i'm just gonna go to the olfactory what do you serve there smells um i don't know there was a, there was a better joke there or something uh what do you, what do you guys make there smells uh, yeah okay that's, we that's... Make, we're real, making our this is real yeah. laughter we're making artisanal smells down at the old factory. Artisanal smells. My God. Candles. Oh, old factory candles. Oh, there's something there. I'm going to find it. Let's start a company. Anyway. We could do it. We could do it. The old factory. We make smells. We make smells. And they'll be like, seriously? The smell company. They're like you're the. You're, this is so nerdy. Yes, we, I love it. I love that word. Like olfactory. Ooh, olfactory. Olfactory. I love it. Um, and people make a lot of money off candles for some reason. They really the same. do. I mean, check me out. I'm like, wait. I'm at the bottom of mine now, but I do have my big three wick, uh, wooden wick candle going. <sighs> It does smell like cedar and something else. I so the wooden wicks do sound like rainfall from a Mm. distance because they kind of like crack and uh, oh, it's so cool. So yeah, I love Nyla. I love June. How do we feel? Um, agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Like, Such I... a perfect like foil for like the seriousness of Zuko and the yeah. not seriousness of <laughs> Uncle Iroh. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> he really I also shines lo- in this in this one. Where, like he every does. line is just so silly. Where he's. Just- and it's <laughs> where, where every time that Zuko says something, because everything out of his mouth at this point is just like an insult. Like, yeah. he's like, you know, um, he means no offense. I'm sure you bathe regularly. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah. my God. Like, it's so funny. And then uh, kind of creepy. But he like uh, is on the floor like, oh, I'm paralyzed. And like Zuko's like, you're not you're paralyzed. Gonna... And he's yeah, like, yeah, this is the only part that I'm like, Shh. and she's yeah. like, you know, she's on top of him and she gives him this look. And I'm like, oh, she's gonna he's going to get the shit beat out of him. Well, see, yeah. to me. I, I also hated that. Like, I'm like, oh, that's like, we don't, we really don't need that as like a, and as like a, but I'm, he's hitting on the perfume lady. Like, I was like, cool. I'm into that. Like, that's cute yes. for both of them. Or I'm perfuming it. The fortune teller. He's hitting on the yes. fortune teller. I'm like, great. This is wonderful. So he's cute. trying on perfume in the middle of the battle. Great. I didn't need that, that um, I'm paralyzed, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> it was gross. A beautiful woman has can't get herself up from off of me yeah it's gross mm-hmm. it's really gross it's gross i think i think the only thing that like in character because like this is the <laughs> first time that i've seen iroh do something relatively lascivious or relatively like gross or bad uh given his like 
again, war criminal past. Yes. He's an absolute <clears throat> historic monster um, of unspeakable horrors, truly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, not and no, by no means is it like a forgivable thing, but it's the first time he's done something on screen that I've been like, ew. Or like irk, or like something that's even mildly irksome yeah. that I've been like, oh, that's right. He's like, we should be saying ew to the writers because even though yes. we all thought it was creepy, they wrote it as something that was like the same as him. Oh, stealing the thing perfume. of perfume yeah. or, you know, and like, nope, that's not cool. We well, don't get to put yeah. that in the category of, oh, cute little, like, is it bad things? Like, that is a bad thing. And I feel like every yeah. time we talk about, like, missteps in the writing, it mm-hmm. always has to deal with the women characters. Like, when Suki, right, with how that ended, mm-hmm. we're just right now talking about Katara mm-hmm. and her anger that she should have held on to instead of, like, rewarding him with a kiss at the end, right? For yeah. literally doing the least amount. We know these characters, we know who they are, and mm. this is not like this is not how Ira would treat a young woman who's young enough no. to be her his like granddaughter, you know what I no. mean? No. Um, no. So, but yeah, it it always has to do with women for for me, like yeah. the big ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for a show that definitely pats itself on the back for its like feminist themes. It's like mm, there's some things that yeah. don't hold up, shouldn't have been okay in the first place. Um, but that's yeah. why we talk about them. Mm-hmm. And we but, have yeah, to. Yeah, it's why we discuss it. And I mean, not to like whatever, but it's also like oftentimes it's like the most boring take. It's like the most boring, simple, first pass, big air quotes joke. Where it's yeah. like, huh, isn't that funny? Um, it's like if you spent 10 seconds and asked the question, what makes this funny? I feel like you would unfunny yourself out of putting the joke in because yeah. you'd have to explain what's funny. And then you'd be like, actually, maybe that isn't funny. I mean, and like, I feel like it would solve itself. It's not. <laughs> let's break that yeah. down. What is funny yeah. about this joke? This yes. woman is paralyzed. Uh, this young woman is paralyzed and can't move and can't do anything. But she's stuck on top of Iroh. Uh, like in this like kind of suggestive way right that's funny because she can't get up but he's pretending like he uh, like he can't get up either like yeah exactly and it's like not not to say that because I feel like that's an expected joke in some kind of risque show or a risque stand-up act or something but for a show that like is famously not very risque and is very intentional and thoughtful it seems just so out of place and 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 just like such a mischaracterization of of Iroh and of the situation. Like it just seems so like A, it's not funny, B, like where is that from? Like where did yeah. that whoa, what? Why is that a part of this? Like literally we could have just hit a beat, like thrown a fart joke. I don't care. Like what <laughs> if they're laying on the ground and Uncle Iroh's like oop, sorry. <laughs> and then they cut they cut right <laughs> to a new so scene. Wouldn't that be funny? Because then it's like the juxtaposition of again smells. We have the big cute perfume tidal wave, <laughs> and suddenly he's factory. the olfactory. Because then we have the, that's like, and it's a it's literally a fart joke. It's Univ- meaningless, universally it's hilarious, universally silly, perfect for Nickelodeon. And then we're right into the other thing. Why is it like this? Oh, I just it's it was so off putting and wrong. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, the last like five <laughs> minutes of this uh, or the last like three minutes of this were like, mm, really? Mm, uh, really? Yeah, That's your it was real. Oh, God. It, was um, real. it was real rough. One last thing about Iroh. Yes. Um, Did you notice like, of course, this is only an observation that can be made after knowing the full story through Legend of Korra. Um, But I thought it was just kind of interesting um, that the fortune teller, she was just like, hey, um, flirting in in a very cute and grown up way, an age appropriate way. Um, But he specifically, he says like, oh, there's only one last big surprise left in that I might as well leave it a mystery. I was like, but in his story, he doesn't really die. He yeah. surrendered his body. And like, I mean, like 100% badass. Uh, but I just thought that that was 
interesting that like we kind of have an answer to literally what he said he wanted to keep mysterious and I'm like eh, but also you you didn't keep it mysterious you just you chose a day <laughs> that's, that's true, true. <laughs> yeah just I surrender mean... your body and awesome <laughs> uh, yeah I think I think there's like a level of maybe at that time he still didn't know but there's a mystery in like the way because again yeah. did he really like I guess technically he died, but we still like, but then that's, I mean, whoa, what an existential question. Cause then that's like, what is death? Which yeah. would obsess over and would love to discuss. But I feel like that's like a huge, big further Maybe, But you can also die in the spirit That'll world. That'll be like a whole episode. What is death in what is death? Avatar? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, Jess, you were saying you can die in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely yeah. die in the spirit world. Uh, I mean, the spirits die all the time, right? You can go there and kill a spirit. Uh, Kurik did that all the time. Oh, that's right. right. Oh, she would kill spirits, and that's why he died so early. Was because when you kill a spirit in the spirit world, it takes off part of your life, and you get sick. Like you, and he was like sick for like like sometimes weeks on end but that's when he started pulling away from his avatar um his te- his own team avatar was because he nobody knew um yeah it, sorry kiyoshi novels it's in there but yeah so you can oh, kill sick. spirits okay. in in the spirit world it makes you sick because you like you are killing yourself slowly when you're killing spirits but yeah so he can still die like in the spirit world but um but it's still technically a mystery to him so maybe there's some truth to it after all. I love that. Very well, interesting. Another example of why I really need to read the novels <laughs> when, you know, when I have all of that free time. That oh, yeah. I all have. of that aforementioned free time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. have so much of it. And the focus to, like, read something. Yes. Audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but even as just, like, a standalone line, I do love it. It is very, like, it is, it is, like... It is like charisma ennui. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just like, like mm, I'm going to leave my death to be a mystery because who even knows? And you're like, oh, that's like sweet and like beautiful, but also a little scary. Like, aw. Um, Iroh's the best. I'm obsessed with Iroh. Yeah. I do want to talk about the choreo in this because I feel like there's a lot of really fucking cool fight choreo yes in I this episode lots of thoughts about the fight okay um i would like to start off in talking about the badassness of fucking appa in this fight holy shit like yes. he came for it he was gonna fucking kill june he was, he was absolutely gonna crush yeah. her he was gonna fucking, gonna fucking murder june <laughs> yeah. like when she gets out of the way he like i was it. like he's gonna be the first one to murder somebody out of this group he's gonna yeah. I was like, absolutely murder her. so awkward but like the coolest yeah. thing ever because appa yeah. was just like oh no you're gonna bring your giant magical creature to kill my kid <laughs> that kid gave me a fucking apple dude like, literally <laughs> and he like, is fucking terrifying like before it's like oh terrifying. cute cute appa cute and then it's like holy fucking shit like, like i am not fucking with appa muscled Oh my god! Shoe poison. Yeah, the the, like, the tongue whip no. after tongue whip after tongue whip. He's just like, I I'm don't not care. N- He's let like, another cute. fucking magical creature go after my kid. Cute. That's my boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's my like, son. Oh my god! When <laughs> when he knocks back uh, Nyla and Nyla does that like big walk back yeah. and all fall off, and it's like, oh, so sick. It was so cool. so cool. So um, fucking cool. The, the fight between uh it's i guess what is it zuko and ang right yeah yeah so when they're in that like little hut and ang's like pushing himself on the like ceiling and he keeps missing and then zuko like hits the pillars off and then it collapses and then the whole well scene where he like dives in and then he water bends the thing up and like lands and then the rain trickles and then in the background you just see zuko like Like it's just it is so like well done and for it just this is like a singular episode but like what a fantastic fight 
Yes. What a fantastic fight. I remember the rewatch when I realized how awesome this fight is because it's easy to miss. Like we talked about a whole thing <laughs> with Bato and everything. So it's easy to it's- miss this fight, but this fight is yeah. really, really good. Um, yes. So another thing I notice on like the 500th rewatch is here in this fight more than any other fight you see actually i haven't noticed this in any other fight between ang and zuko ang is mirroring everything zuko does and i don't know why if you go back and rewatch like zuko does a move and ang does the same move only with airbending and it is so interesting the first thing it makes me think of is hmm firebending and airbending are really like interchangeable in a sense because like he's literally doing the same thing like with the same movements obviously he has like his circular movements that are all airbender but if you look at how like his hands and his feet they're doing the same thing Zuko does huh you know what? That makes so much sense, especially when we look at the episode that comes after this. Like, if this is him, like, visualizing and finding fascination with firebending as a skill, like, I mean, we're obviously going to get into it in a second, but, like, the fact that the episode, like, starts off at, like, a fire festival and then, and then like, there's the whole fire narrative and then the, the fight later. Oh, my God. I just, like, like... A, a mirror tactic as a defensive tactic mm-hmm. versus the later defensive tactic we see with Zhao. Like, yes. there is there is so much. This is such a cool linear narrative for Aang's perspective on growing as the avatar and learning yeah. firebending or, or yes. feigning interest in wanting to learn. It's also really interesting because... Uh, not to keep talking about the next episode, but the next episode he starts to <laughs> I know learn I want to just like get right into it. <laughs> well, but but uh, like in this, like like you're saying, they're mirroring, right? And you can see like how yeah. easily airbending comes to Aang, right? And so mm. maybe he like did pick up on some of those movements, and he's like, cool, mm. just like show me how to turn it into fire. But like, mm-hmm. but it's so interesting because um, because of the philosophies behind air and water and mm-hmm. like the the capability, what it takes to um, to really master water. Or, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, uh, air and uh, fire. Like like you know, the whole episode is about control. The next one, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, I'm like. We're going to have way more to say on this next episode now I, after, I know, after you just this, blew my mind wide open with that comment. And so, yeah. so this is this is also leading me to think about like, because also while he is mirroring Zuko, neither of them are kind of are making any kind of like progress. Like they're, they're staying tied. They're just doing a bunch of stuff. It's not until yeah. he does the thing in the little tower, which is 100% airbender, how he dodges everything and makes his enemy uh, do the work for him. And if you think about it, it's because he sees Katara's necklace, maybe connecting back to just like the deep, deep guilt he feels because he knows how shitty he was and it's like he's unfocused and he's just copying Zuko and then he sees something to focus on and that's when he becomes himself that's when he does the thing and they destroy the little tower that's when he does the fucking awesome well thing um and I think it just had something to do with him just feeling like totally unfocused and still being off at just the shitty thing he did. Yeah, I mean, it really, like, how how can you forget it? He feels so horrible. Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. But, yeah, it's, I feel like that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, when he 100%. sees the necklace, he's like, that could be my out. Yeah, that's how I get out And I that's really want I that. I would like for us to get back on the same track. But, like, yeah, I think this is the time where they're just they're hanging on by a thread in a sense. Like they need some things to bring them more together. Um, My last thing I wanted to say about the fight was it was again a kind of preview of the later thesis of the Avatar and the Fire Lord. 
that yes they are twin flames in a sense yes yeah i mean i do like knowing where the story is going especially Mm -hmm. with that sort of ultimate season ender yeah it is really exciting to watch his ang style sort of unfold as largely a defensive strategist Mm -hmm. the way that a lot of his fighting is is entirely defensive until it's time to like make a move and then it's suddenly like oh yeah yeah, one move what's up like yeah i will exhaust my opponent as much as possible to to like i don't know i feel like it's the Mm -hmm. most like pacifist strategy for like violence which also just like works really well for a yeah but just in general is like what a fantastic Mm -hmm. point of view for a character oh i love it because it's it's showing how much he's fighting spiritually with what he ultimately has to do like in the season already he's seen visions of a much bigger deal than he's really signed up for and he know like he's disgusted by the violence he wants to do something about the violence but he's also fighting it himself fighting that like Mm -hmm. is my life really gonna be about all these like extremely dangerous things and am i gonna have to do it alone because eventually these people are gonna move on from me right and Mm. yeah spiritual battles man it's what episode is it this is episode 15 yes we're getting into it and i'm so excited i feel like because we've done we've done so many episodes where it's kind of like yeah we're like getting our feet wet we're like getting into it but it is now it's planting the seed of like an idea but now we're starting to see some things growing and some things changing and there's like more realized or more heightened stakes and it's like ooh this is like the the we're getting into the meat of avatar of this yes. world of like yes. the power of the show and it's really yes. exciting the like, richness of the story yeah. Like oh, you yeah. can enjoy this episode on every single level. If you're just like, oh cool. Um, Bacho, he, he's cute and look, they did a cool thing with the thing. And like you can totally enjoy it just on that level. Um, but yeah. like right around that like 50th rewatch, it's really gonna hit you how quality this episode is. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. 100 percent. i realized i kept uh saying batu for a oh, second I, was like, oh, I, don't know. I think i said it too <laughs> that's later <laughs> it's that's yeah. later well when you first said Amber, i was like wait Bato. batu was here Hold god on. <laughs> those are really close yeah i, I really are said yeah. batu a few times i can't unhear it now yeah it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're very similar and funnily Bato totally opposite from Vatu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They Vatu is totally, totally not an evil kite. Yeah. He's a very <laughs> kind man. An evil sexy yeah. kite. Kind, <laughs> beautiful man with They're both like, hot they made in his different eyes ways. very specific and I liked it. He had specific eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's a big like he just seems like a big sweetie. It's like a big, sweet, like loving uncle. Like, oh, to what be a honest, nice, like at times I thought about whether there is some undercurrent of Batu, Bato, and uh, Katara and Sokka's dad together. Okay, it was something in I... how he was like, Oh, it hurt me to my heart, and your father, he cradled me. And took me here to the nuns. And I was just like. I Okay. So you you say that. And I truly. I know that we're like moving on from this. And I will keep this in the episode. I but totally I, I absolutely got that same notion. Yes. Because it is. It feels very like. Of course I know you. Of course. Like. Like obviously we're family. But it does seem like. The way he was talking about their dad. There is an intimacy there. That is often unseen. Especially in like sort of cis male heterosexual relationships and i got a whiff of it they've been off to war at sea together pirates yeah there is lots of historical 
um, backup for this to be like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, God. Yes, yes, yes. Wouldn't that be so cute? It Wouldn't would. Be, like, it literally lovely? would have been. Oh, the same. Oh, God. Very Guitar and Saga's dad, queer, queer icon. Yeah. Canon. It's part yeah, of the head canon really. now. Oh. Yeah. They'd be a really sexy fucking couple, too. They would. And he would be like such a good yeah. stepdad to those kids. What? He took oh, them my God. ice dodging with rocks. Yeah. He was so he's such beautiful. a good guy. <laughs> and like, and like, even too, like, when, when they have to like turn back, he's like, yeah. I know what you have to do. I trust you. Yeah. I know you guys and you have this. I will, we will be there still. Here's the map. Come when you can. We'll see you soon. We'll see. The, we'll, and it's just love like love dads. dads. Literally like, hey kids, you got to take so care of your well. shit. It would just it work works. so well. Oh my God. I'm like going to cry. Now I really I know. Let's <laughs> declare. <laughs> yeah. Our official head is. <laughs> Their dad is queer. Bato is there. Uh, is his lover? Is his partner? Um, Can God, you imagine would... if uh, the Netflix one did that? One, I would. We I would scream. fucking sue them. Two, I would yes. scream. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would lose my mind. Okay. Or we'll just find out that we weirdly predicted another thing. <laughs> I know that you really oh you were like, like so uh, in Actually, tune. we have this in the script, <laughs> like since day one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you quiet. And you're like, yeah, you sure. quietly <laughs> shut the show Bible that you found <laughs> outside of Netflix headquarters. You're like, what do you mean? <laughs> Maybe it came to me in a dream. Yes, <laughs> a dream. I've named the show Bible a dream. <laughs> it came to me. Um, okay. Thank now we're done. Was, now we're done. It's gonna I, I, go in. We, it has we weren't to go sure, in. and we're always sure at the end. Yeah, that there was. But there was. We got it. Oh, that's it's the perfect way to. <laughs> <I'm end so it. laughs> um, thank everybody so much for joining us here today for another gorgeous little episode of the Momos and the Appas. Yes, music and editing by Eric Lafibri. Artwork by David Tercero. Do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And that includes on Spotify, the new thing where you can do it. So do it, please. We love you. Yay. And remember, Uncle Ira was a war criminal. A war criminal. He was officially a war criminal. Bye. Don't forget. (laughs) It's important. (laughs) Really important. Thank you, though. Thank you so much. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the for more.